Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hi, I'm KSL's Debbie Worthen. Four years ago, my son Asher was diagnosed with autism. After getting our footing, we decided it was time to celebrate the news with all of you. And that's how Celebrating the Spectrum was born. Each week, we consult with the experts and others who are learning to navigate life with a loved one who has special needs. This is a place where we find hope, look for solutions, and connect with those working to create a better world of inclusion. Welcome to this week's episode of Celebrating the Spectrum. Today's guest has accomplished amazing things. Taylor Duncan founded Alternative Baseball in 2016. Diagnosed with autism at age four, Taylor is at the forefront of raising awareness and spreading the message of of the importance of inclusion for those with autism and other disabilities. Growing up, he often wasn't allowed to play baseball due to preconceived notions of persons with autism. Undeterred, Taylor improved his technique by working with some of the best players in baseball and slow-pitch softball. Taylor, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's going to be a great one, I tell you what. So, Taylor, you've also been recognized by so many different organizations. You were recognized through House Resolution 1420 by the Georgia House of Representatives. In addition, you were awarded the J.B. Hawkins Humanitarian Award. You've also been featured on ESPN, NBC, Today Show, CNN, Headline News, Sports Illustrated. You've given a TEDx talk. So uh, tell us a little bit about how this all started. Where, where do you live and what is Alternative Baseball? I am in Paulding County, Georgia, which is about 45 minutes west of Atlanta. But if you end uh, end up in rush hour traffic, it can easily be three hours. <laughs> so you don't want to end up in rush <laughs> but hour traffic. I will traffic. say that as a person on the spectrum, growing up with autism wasn't always easy, especially in an area as I grew older and didn't have the opportunities to play traditional sports like everybody else. And what often happens is after many graduate out of high school is that the opportunities often stop, too, because they've aged out and there's not enough services that exist to be able to adequately portray to the whole disability spectrum. There's not enough out there, especially for those who are higher functioning on the spectrum who still need those social skills support services, but a lot of them don't exist. Yeah, we've heard we've heard that a rare lot. One that's in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard that so many times from adults on the spectrum. So going back, so you were diagnosed with autism at age four, and then you wanted to play baseball. Correct. And so what what did the coaches tell you and your parents? Well, my mother was always very supportive of me, but I ran into a lot of negative stigmas of what one with autism can and cannot accomplish. You have to realize, too, I live in the southeast region where the norms and learning about these disorders, a lot of a lot of times, a lot of these areas are behind with the times and haven't quite caught up to managing the stigma or becoming fully educated on it yet. And back when I was trying to 
play, it was more so about the competition of it rather than the recreational fun of it. And I played one successful year of youth baseball, and then the next year a new coach came in, and he was pretty much hell-bent on winning, Hmm. winning and more winning. And pretty much it was to the point where he would take advantage of kids who – who just wanted to be there for the fun of the experience. And he deemed me an injury risk and I got cut for the team. And how old were you at the time? I kept working hard and with the help of my mother and teachers and other mentors, I've been able to get to where I am today to, to be able to have a successful nonprofit organization and continuously expanding this across the country so that we could get people out of their comfort zones so that they could continue the social skills enrichment that they need because the teamwork experience through alternative baseball provides them with the skills needed for employment, for relationships. If you think it can benefit you, if you can think of something that can benefit you through the team experience, it does that. Right, right. Yeah, what did you find when you started trying to uh, create this alternative baseball team? And, And how old are you now? I am 26. Okay. I turned 27 in November, but when I first started this, I was I had just turned I had just turned 20 when I had first started this in 2016 and really it was about seeing what we could get out there and do. I knew I wanted a a product that was more in the traditional sense because the world is still very traditional in in the sense of how we run society and a lot of times it's not used to a lot of mega adaptations and so my philosophy was that we needed to prepare those with autism and other disabilities to be able to use their social skills they find and confidence that they find in this experience to be able to fully transition into and adapt into the real world and learning how to deal with a lot of these situations, especially a lot of them, like in baseball, they come really, really fast and they can be hard to process at times. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that is a good. And this gives good practice. Yes. Okay. Did you always love baseball? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I would grow up watching the Braves on Ted Turner's Channel 17, which is the TBS station that was here in Atlanta that the super station that aired WCW aired Ultraman aired Atlanta Braves baseball. I watched quite a bit of that growing up. And with that too, it expanded my access into the game baseball. Whereas nowadays it's basically almost all of it's on satellite cable television. So that same existence doesn't quite exist anymore. But really with that, I grew up to be a huge fan. But I tell you what, I was, I was always a big fan of Randy Johnson, the big unit who okay. pitched for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I was a big D-backs fan for a while, actually. Still am. <laughs> That's great. They got to make some moves soon. <laughs> and have you been able to meet some of those sports icons that you've loved? Absolutely. We're having this event in Chattanooga, Tennessee on November the 5th where we have our players we're bringing in from across the country from Washington to Florida at the Chattanooga Lookout Stadium. And we're going to be playing against those 
former professional baseball players. Oh my gosh. That's going to be so cool. Some of which I watched on, on Ted Turner station when I was a kid and collected their baseball cards. So super exciting. Oh yes, ma'am. Absolutely. It's chock full of excitement, enrichment and empowerment. You, I mean, you can't really get much better than that. I tell you what. No, that's true. So you started alternative baseball in Atlanta. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, ma'am. In Cobb County, which is a sub- suburban county of Atlanta. And how many alternative baseball teams do you have now across the country? We've got nearly 30 that are up and running and more that we're working on getting up and running for the first time. How? And we're, we're really excited. Now, I will tell you about this new marketing plan of ours that we've decided to undergo. What we're doing now is we're going from community to community at least piloting this across the metro Atlanta area and forming a framework to have it replicated across the country is that we're connecting with public officials and other leaders, individuals of importance and communities, surrounding communities, so that we can introduce alternative baseball not only in those surrounding communities, but we're giving those public officials an opportunity to be able to participate in exhibition games alongside our players so they could actually have the real experience themselves. That's actually hands-on and something they can take for themselves and be able to learn from in terms of disability empowerment and inclusion. And how's it going? It's going really well, actually. In one area, we've already found a new coach manager to help us get started with a new program up over there. And we gotten so much support from local university and the local county government as well. And we, we could not be more grateful for the, all the support. And so we've got not only that game, but we've also got five other games plus the game in Chattanooga that we are doing. And what we're doing is we're going to the different counties. We have a whole, we have many more counties than Utah does, but okay. <laughs> we're going to adjacent communities and counties and we're doing games there and making those tie-ins with the community and becoming much more community-focused and portraying that message, per se, of stewardship, what it's like to give back beyond the game and doing everything that we possibly can to form and maintain those relationships with those leaders and those communities, as well as the community at large, too. Right. How many players do you have? We have typically it's 12 players per team. So I would say we have about 600 players that could constantly participate now, but it's pretty much a small operation from town to town because it's more so we focus on the practice skills, not only to be able to have these games with public officials to introduce alternative baseball in those areas to try to get more teams there so that they have more playing opportunities in the long run. But they also sometimes go from one area to the other to play against other alternative baseball teams. But that's something that we're using this new approach and this new strategy to try to expand more opportunities in the long run, to try to get more teams up and going and to get more people back on the baseball diamond. No, that is incredible. So tell me what the mood and the feel is like at one of these games. Oh, man, everybody's excited to be there. And the other thing about that as well is that 
we're always playing everything the traditional way. We've got the old-fashioned bat toss where they go hand over hand all the way to the knob of the bat, decide who's home and away. And that always gets a whole lot of buzz from those there. We have everybody cheer on (laughs) while they're doing the bat toss before the game instead of a, a coin flip. That's a really popular segment that we brought from the 1800s of baseball history, and everybody loves that. No, and that's great. Teachers start taking skills too, and critical thinking skills, but also too, with, with the way that we focus on our players throughout the game, it's always loud and exciting. We had one player with Down syndrome who had never been given the opportunity to play a full game of baseball before, prior to our organization, but with the coaching and the support that he got from not only myself, but the coaches who've helped him. During one celebrity game, he actually managed to hit and get around all the bases. Wow. And and his mother was there. You know, she was she was happy in tears. I was going to say, she's probably crying. I mean, a lot yeah. of us. A lo- yeah, exactly. It's one of those moments where a lot of people judge you by your appearance and think you can't do things. But once we actually get those people out there, and actually doing them, we're breaking those barriers, and that's what this is all about. How does it's about it f- wowing people and exciting people, and really breaking those stigmas in a way where people are actually watching that happen in person? Yeah. How does that feel to be trailblazing this program? Oh man! Oh man! Whew, it's surreal. You know, sometimes I I really have time to. Well, I don't have much time to, but I, I like to try to relax and try to bask in everything that, that happens, especially after every game and evaluate everything that happened and the stories that were made, the memories that were made, the communities that we united together. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It really is. And, you know, it throws my heart to be able to continue doing this, especially keeping on promoting, especially through the pandemic and preparing for this West Georgia community combat tour that we're eventually going to <laughs> replicate in other places. And we're already working on that. We're working on some ga- a couple of games in Illinois. We're working on a couple of games in Wisconsin. Oh, that is fantastic. What does it take to start one of these programs in a community? You can go on alternativebaseball.org. First, you could set a fast and easy phone appointment with yours truly, and I will go through all the logistics required to be able to start up a a team. It doesn't take very much at all. It's pretty small. You, You have the flexibility to choose your schedule. Most of the practices, most of the weeks are practices because a lot of our players have never played baseball before than the traditional form, and they need that extra time to to be able to work on those mechanics. Before we get them out in the field, we need to get them prepared as much as we can. Right. And with that, it usually takes about six months to a year to, to be able to start a full-blown team. But if you get started with practices within six months and you grow start out small with – maybe three or four individual players, if not more, that sign up, 
and then work your way up by constantly promoting and using word of mouth marketing mm-hmm. and having your players bring their friends on board, then eventually you've gone from four, five, six players to 12 to 14 by the end of next year. And then you, and then as long as that word of mouth keeps happening and you do the work it takes to get known in the local community to where you have people working with you, then you'll have even more than that. And eventually you might have enough for two teams in the area to where they don't have to go one or two hours north or south to actually have more alternative baseball games. No, that, and to be able that to do is it closely great. Too. Yeah. Okay, so you talk about how alternative baseball helps the participants prepare for the real world, like employment, like relationships. How does working on a team and with teammates prepare the participants for these future relationships and future employment? It's about having the right support system. It isn't that you can't fit into a team setting, but it takes finding the right support system to be able to thrive, the right mentor the right leadership everything has to come together perfectly for that team setting to be an excellent one basically and with that too it's all about having the team camaraderie not saying it has to be completely perfect because we all make mistakes at from time to time i mean that's what teams do and sometimes there are going to be different different sorts of events that we have to navigate through together, especially during baseball games where we have to communicate with each other. But overall, it's about the camaraderie and the similar experiences that we all come from and the similar shoes that we walk in on a day-to-day basis that makes this relatable to just about everybody else who's on the team setting, including the manager most of the time. Right. Yeah. Now, you've had such great success with your program, and I'm sure it's just been so much work trying to get this up and running and then keeping the momentum going. What advice would you give to those with autistic kids who are being told their kid can't be involved in something they love, whether it's sports or something else? Never give up. Never give up on your dreams. Never give up on really anything that you idealize and you desire because the support is out there not only in baseball but elsewhere too you may have to have a couple of virtual relationships i guess you could call them that with those perhaps in other states or other communities but there's a lot of opportunities to learn and to be able to find support systems that best fit your child's interest to be able to fit your best interest if you're an adult or an older teen on the spectrum, to be able to go out there and find the right support system and have those mentorship opportunities. I mean, sometimes it's harder to find in a lot of areas. It is, but they do exist. You just have to do your research. Okay. And there are positive experiences that are out there but we need to do more work as a collective society to be able to bring those together and to make those more easily accessible. Now, I know that this started as just baseball for you, but it's it seems like it starts with baseball and it's so much bigger 
and so much greater than just baseball. And, you know, that's part of the reason we're doing the podcast as well, is we want the conversations going constantly about special needs and, and you know, people on the spectrum Absolutely. and celebrating the amazing things that artistic mem- our autistic members of community bring to the table. So what do you see that this has turned into for you? Do you think it's become a mission for inclusion? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. As I like to say, we're not in the baseball business. We're in the community business. We're in the business of empowering others, including others. We're in the business of enriching others to the point where they could be successful off the baseball diamond as well. And while continuing to participate in our program, too. (laughs) We've got some that have been around for quite a few years now. No, that is fantastic. As Howard Schultz would say say about Starbucks, we're not, he's not in the coffee business. He's in the business of community. I like to use a lot of that same methodology and philosophy toward alternative baseball because it's all about the lives changed rather than just on the game itself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what's next for Taylor in his life and what's next for alternative baseball. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Back to celebrating the spectrum, we are talking with Taylor Duncan, and Taylor created Alternative Baseball. He lives in Georgia, and this program has seen some big success across the country. So, Taylor, have you had any moments in this journey to create this program that have surprised you? Maybe a moment you knew that this was gaining more momentum or something that became a huge hurdle that you didn't expect? One major hurdle is basically persuading the general public that the disability spectrum isn't just one group of individuals who are absolutely the same because we all have our own unique individual needs. And I know some other similar programming exists, but ours, I started this especially for those on the higher functioning end who didn't have access to many of the other programs and were often cut off from what was out there. In fact, as I was, when I was younger, because I tested too high on an IQ test, I was often cut out from even a lot of the, the special needs resources that existed, a few that were existed in my area when I was much younger. And so basically, the biggest misconception is that everybody with autism has the same exact needs. And that's simply not true, which is why we need to emphasize and educate and be able to teach the importance of having different sets of services for those across the disability spectrum so that there's something for everybody, especially us, alternative baseball for many on the autism spectrum, but 
it's really getting out there and teaching everybody that it's a diverse spectrum of unique, different needs. And unless many have personally lived it like you and I have to different degrees, then it can be difficult educating others. But the effort is absolutely worth it because once they, once they see what we do and once they see how accessible we've done everything we possibly can to, to become with the opportunities and inviting the public to witness what we've started doing, then that's when they get on board and that they understand more about what, what we're providing in these areas. Right. Right. So you're 26 now. You were diagnosed as autistic 22 years ago. How have things changed over the last, you know, let's say over the last 10, 15 years? You know, you look back at your childhood, your youth, your teen years. How have things changed and how do you think they still need to change? First off, a lot of school systems don't give the support needed for those on the autism spectrum for students on the autism spectrum the teachers they want to do everything they can to help but it's hard to find that support statewide or even at times local district wide because a lot of those supports are cut they're too expensive for what they bring in in terms of tax dollars at least they say so i don't believe it is but Mm -hmm. you know it just takes time to find something that works and the thing about what i went through when i was younger was that i was also i had years to where i had those within the school system that didn't want to provide me with the academic accommodations need to be successful but my mother advocated for me, and that's how I learned to become an advocate, to stand up for others, and to overall to start this movement. So this dream of mine, it started when I was much, much younger. And one year, one day in 2016, in January of 2016, I decided, hey, let's go with it. I've learned a lot helping others when I was much younger and sharing my experiences with, with others that I wanted to go ahead and, and start this experience. Were you nervous? Was I nervous? <laughs> I would say, okay, I'd be lying if if I said that I wasn't. <laughs> oh, heck no, I wasn't nervous. I knew I was going to go straight in there and make the biggest impact possible, and it's going to be an overnight success. No, it, it never is that. The reality was that I was nervous because I, I didn't have quite the business experience I did now, right. and I was going into a completely different world than I was used used to, especially in the world of leadership. But I knew that if I went out there and learned everything that I possibly could, then I knew that I'd be able to help so many others. It isn't so much about having all the skills necessary and needed. I mean, that's fantastic and that's great. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge help. But when you're starting out and you're just willing to learn everything possible, even if it means making a mistake or two, to be able to learn from those experiences, to become a better leader, to help others, then that that's definitely worth it on on its own merit, in my honest opinion. 
it isn't about knowing everything as much as it is about having the openness and the willingness to learn. No, I agree. I mean, in general, you know, and that's even when we started this podcast, I, I felt very vulnerable. Like, I don't know everything. My son's six. But I want people talking about it. I want inclusion. I want him to be accepted. And I want more opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. So everything you're saying is really resonating with me. Okay. What would you want people to know about the autistic loved ones in their lives? We all just want to be the opportunity, have the opportunity to be accepted for who they are, who we are, encouraged to be the best we can be. And we want to be instilled with the confidence needed to fulfill our dreams, whether it's on the baseball diamond or off the diamond and every other avenue possible of life, just about. We want the opportunities to be able to go out there and try because it takes the willingness and the openness to get out there and try and to learn from those experiences and to keep coming back and learning something new. Because everything that we learn, whether through positive or negative experiences, can help others like ourselves so that we're constantly talking about the subjects of those on the spectrum and living and all that good stuff. But we're also passing that off to others as well. And we're keeping the subjects alive of educating others through our experiences. But it's important to instill that confidence let them go out there and try and figure out a way that they can best accomplish those goals themselves while while mentoring them on those on coming up and thinking up of some of those strategies you just have to keep trying just because you fail at something once doesn't make you a total complete failure no you just have to keep trying Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Meet the Robinsons, but, you know, they have that scene where he's like, I failed. And, you know, everyone's having this big celebration and it's like, oh, it's one step closer to success. Okay, Taylor Duncan, thank you so much for joining us today. I love that you talked about how your mom was an advocate for you and and showed you that you could do this. I love your your enthusiasm for the program. I think we've learned a lot. Thank you. Thanks for joining us and keep us posted on how Alternative Baseball is going. For more information, they can log on to alternativebaseball.org, and we do have tickets for sale for the game at the Chattanooga Lookout Stadium in November. We're going to be uploading that link soon on our website. Ten bucks for any seat in the stadium. What can't be more better than that? (laughs) That's true. Okay. Hey, thank you so much. And Celebrating the Spectrum. Thank you very much. Yes. Celebrating the Spectrum is a KSL podcast.